All right, guys, we're going to be moving into our keeping the main thing, the main thing segment. And uh, in honor of Father's Day this past weekend, happy belated Father's Day to all the all the men out there that have successfully sown their seeds. All right. Hey, do you got the cup I sent you? Can Is it anywhere nearby? It's in the other room. I, oh, I thought you were man, I thought you were going you know. somewhere else entirely with that. So you successfully oh, sewed your sh- seed. Yeah, you got the you, cup I sent you. <laughs> you can show everybody. I wish I would have brought it I in. I wish, would've, would've been, I'm so proud of that. Yeah, I wish I would have brought it in. Thank oh, you, by man. the way, for the Father's yeah, Day. You're most, you're, you're most welcome, yeah. and happy Father's Day, too. Oh, and by the way, um, freshest coffee in Wisconsin yeah. that I sent you there. Did you see what the name of the coffee was? I I saw Door County Coffee. I don't remember looking. What's well, Door County? I, they I don't remember looking at the name. Just before they packaged it and sent it to us, so it is about a week's old, roasted and ground. Uh, be almost two weeks old by the time you got it. it. Took so long to get to you, man. I'm like, I just was waiting for it to get to well, you. It but had to pass anyway, over the United States. <laughs> Only two thirds of it. I'm not on the East Coast. Come on, man. Um. Anyway, it's the Heroes Blend. Oh, oh. For Father's Day. Oh well, thank. No, I didn't. Man, I didn't catch that. But uh, yeah, I do. But- I do. Thank you. So, in honor of Father's Day, uh, a lot of ministers out there, I'm sure, uh, were preaching about uh, how to be good fathers, which always cracks me up. It's like, hey, fathers, happy Father's Day. By the way, you suck. Here's how to do better. You're like, man, you know. If it helps, on Mother's On Mother's Day, all we do is talk about how awesome moms are. And then on Father's Day, we talk about how we have to do better. <laughs> we get a real bum deal. But anyway, yeah, I'm not going to. If it helps, I didn't, I, I didn't preach on that on Sunday. I was in, I got a series that I'm doing nice. in Philippians. Well, so we were, we were on that. But you're usually quite couth. So I do appreciate that about you. Anyway, what I'm going to do is kind of come at that idea from the other side. I'm going to talk about, you know, because not everybody is a father or, you know, has sired children. But we all have parents if, you know, by virtue of being alive at some point, even if you haven't gotten a chance to know them or spend time with them. Uh, which would be unfortunate. We all have parents, right? And so I, I'm a, I'm a pest tube, baby. <laughs> So, <laughs> Never mind, guys. Just keep going. Just keep going. I, I, I had a thought, and it was. It Go was get your not brother good. Elon and come back in here. We're gonna sit down and have a talk. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna talk about what it is to be good children. Um, and you know, it basically comes down to one thing. In John chapter fourteen and verse fifteen, Jesus looks at his disciples. He says, "If you love me." You will keep my commandments. I mean, it's it's such a simple concept. Uh, it's usually us that screws it up, right? God's like, hey, cool. If you love me, do the things I tell you to do. And we're just like, right, 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 right. But hey, when you say like drunkenness is a sin, like where does that line? Like is it at like two beers or three beers? You know how people usually do? The idea is like just how far can I go with a thing before I get in trouble? You know, it's – Somebody actually asked me that question uh, earlier this week, which is why it was the first example that came up to my head. It was like, well, how much can I drink before it becomes a sin? And I'm like, you know, by virtue of asking that question, how much can I get away with? Like you're already <laughs> you're, you've already gone off across the line. Yeah, you've, you've already gone off the path. Your heart um, is gone. So, yeah, here's the uh, I pulled this one out of Luke chapter five to read this week. Uh, and I apologize. It's hidden by half my screen. Uh, right there, but 
You can get the verse on up there, though, can't you? Five? There we go. Nice. Uh, so as an example this week, I wanted to talk about the calling of Jesus' first disciples, uh, Peter and Andrew. Now, if you read this, it, this encounter in Matthew, and if you read it in John, it says that Jesus just goes up. Uh, he sees Peter and Andrew and James and John, uh, and he tells them, come and follow me and in the scripture those two gospels it just says and they dropped everything that they were doing immediately and they went and they followed him here in luke uh which is one of the reasons luke is actually uh, i think my favorite of the gospels because we get just a a few looks into things that we don't in some of the other gospels because you have the disciples sitting down and telling luke in second hand and so because of that i it, it almost seems like maybe they were sitting around the campfire around the table or something and then by virtue of hearing the stories multiple times, it's almost as if one of them was just like, oh, yeah, and you remember like that, that miracle that happened when Jesus first came up to, to tell us to follow him, you know? So I'm not saying that that is what happened. I'm just saying you can kind of maybe intuit something like that when you read, uh, when you read the Gospel of Luke. But and let me let me correct something that you said there. Um, it ju it's just a, a little finite thing, but you said it's kind of like secondhand. It no, as Luke is listening to it, he's hearing it from the people who were there. So that's actually firsthand knowledge. Yes, you're he's correct. hearing it. We're getting it secondhand. So it's it's a little more accurate than that. Uh, the, the only person that's missing is Jesus. Isn't there repeating the story? But you know, Peter, James. Uh, John, no, not John. John wouldn't be there, but a group of the disciples are together. And, and yeah, uh, he is asking them. So sometimes it may be around a campfire. Sometimes it may be that it's just one of them. But I, I think there are times that you're absolutely right that they, they may be in a place and are like uh, Peter may have been telling something. And all of a sudden, one of the other guys, uh, Thomas, is like, uh-uh. Oh, uh, don't forget that one part, Peter, because I think that was pretty funny. You know, and it's, it's because there's don't little forget that details. one part when John was faster than you, Peter. Yeah, running back to the thing. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that doesn't come up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so little things like that, but but it is firsthand because he is talking to the people who were there. Right. Yeah. So this is the example that that I pulled out from Luke. <clears throat> so big. Uh, this is chapter five, beginning in verse one. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, later became Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, exclamation point, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled the boats so that they began to sink. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when no, Simon no. Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. 
Uh, other versions will say you will be fishers of men. Fishers of men. And mm-hmm. uh, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Zebedee doo da zebedee. Anyway, yeah. My oh my, my boat is sinking today. <laughs> Plenty of fish are coming my way. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the the part about the scripture that I wanted to pull out is that interaction between Simon Peter and Jesus. Uh, that Jesus looked at him and he said, you know, I, I think it's hilarious how Jesus comes walking down from teaching the people, climbs in Simon's boat while he's over washing the nets, pushes out to shore. Simon turns around. Here's this strange carpenter, <laughs> you know, in his boat and that looks at him when he's done with his sermon and just says, hey, push out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Right there. Already, you know, Peter's got to be thinking, like, who is this guy, right? Because this is what Peter has done his entire life at this point. Like, he is a fisherman. This is his his uh, vocation. If he doesn't catch fish, like, his family doesn't eat. So this guy knows when to fish. He knows where to fish. I, I'm assuming the fact that they had decided to fish all night at this point probably has to do with the season that they're in, with where the fish are in that lake at this season. Like these guys would be so in tune with all of that, you know, that there's a reason they decided to fish at night, you know, at, at this point, probably because of the heat. Right. And you, you know, as well as I do that, you know, the large fish specifically, especially your, your, uh, carnivorous fish, your large predatory fish, they like to hang out right where the, the shelf is, right? Especially when the water starts to get warm because all the, especially in the heat, right? All the bait fish start schooling up in the shallows. And so those fish will hang out right at the, right at the edge, right at the drop off so they can snatch those bait fish. And Jesus tells them to go push out into the deep. And let down their nets in the middle of the day. So this already, Peter's got to be thinking, like, what? What? Like, that's that's not how we do it. You know, listen, like, let me tell you a little something about fishing. You know, you may know that interesting stuff about the scrolls, right? But let me tell you about the la- this lake here. Let me throw in just a little something in culture. Don't forget this. Peter is older than Jesus. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I had so, I had forgotten about that too. Yeah. So think about that. Jesus is is he's in his early 30s at this point, probably just turned 30. He's being released to go into ministry. Peter is probably in his 40s at at this point, maybe even pushing 50. We're we're not sure, but he is one of the oldest of the group. Right. So, th- so this is a uh, this is a very unique conversation and a unique dynamic between these two, uh, mm. you know, through all of these contexts, right? So Jesus looks at him, tells him to go out into the deep and let down his nets for a catch, and then it's this one sentence that is the crux of this for me. And by the way, do I need to explain the significance of Peter being older? Do you think our audience gets my innuendo? Uh, older guy, younger guy issue here, right? I, I, I just I would, wanted to make I that clear. Don, Don, I didn't say that. I would but, hope not. But, you know, if any of you guys have ever had, you know, a young LT come up to you, <laughs> <laughs> t- 
Come and follow me, Sergeant. Yeah. Yes, sir. You got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. So anyway, this is the this this is the the crux of it here for me. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. I think there's many ways that you can take that sentence based on, you know, you could take it as he was being very humble with it. But at your word, I will let down the nets. You could take it as he was being maybe even sarcastic. Oh, but at your word, I'm going to let down the nets. You know, maybe a little bit snarky. All right, let me throw some things in at you. Maybe we can hone this down just a little bit more. Third shift. He was working third shift, right? Yeah, he had just got off working third shift. He had just gotten done washing the nets to put them away. So and he could finally go to bed. <laughs> exactly. He comes on shore and somebody says, go out and do that. I can even see just a little bit of exhaustion and everything else going whatever i'm tired could, okay could be that too. just just to, just to humor you here's the thing that we got to keep in mind god is so good in dealing with us he knows the right time to approach us peter what, whatever it was i mean we're having to take a guess at this being up all night doing this i'm saying I'll, I'll propose the point of exhaustion. I, I did uh, third shift for about uh, just under nine years. And I know that there would be times that it would I would just do things just to get people to be quiet. And I would say, OK, if I'm lying, I'm buying. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. you know what I'm saying? You're you're just tired. And it's like I just want to go. Home. OK, if this is going to get me home. All right. Fine. I'll just do it. But whatever it was, notice that time that he approached him was very specific because he knew that that's what he was going to get out of Peter when he approached him at that at that time of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And my main point about all of this is that it wasn't the way that Peter spoke to him. It wasn't the words. But it was what Peter did. It was the action. Jesus said, go out in the deep. He said, put the nets down. Maybe he was snarky about it. Maybe he was sarcastic about it. But he put out, he put the nets down. And at that point, when he complied, when he obeyed, Jesus blessed him so much that the blessing itself almost became a curse. Because they were going to sink. Jesus is like, all right, you, you know, you... You did the thing. Now, I'm going to bless you so much it hurts. And here's the thing. God wants to bless you guys, too. He wants to bless you guys so much that it hurts. The thing that he requires and the thing that he needs, and I'm going to take this back to John 14, 15 from the top. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. All right? That's what we got for you guys this week on keeping the main thing the main thing. It's all about obedience. Just do it. Thanks for hanging out with us, you guys, this week on Common Freaking Sense. Hope you have a good week. We'll catch you on the next one. God bless.